Hi there. Welcome to Creation Station Monthly. I'm Bob from Creation Station. This is our monthly show where we take a bit more time. We look at a creative topic and we talk with two creative people to find out what makes them tink and how, how they look at being creative in that. Yeah, that whole creative thing we keep talking about here. As always, creationstation at broward.org comes to me if you have any ideas for the show. I would like to introduce our guest today. We've got Jeff Kukudis. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. And we have Sean Kelly with us. How are you doing today, Sean? I am doing fantastic. Thank you both very much for being here with us today. We got everything all sorted through our little minor technical glitches. So as we always do, um, nobody who's here typically knows uh, the other people on the panel. So I, I want to get us started. And uh, Jeff, you, you tell us off. Tell us about how you got started with role playing, because our theme today is going to be all about role playing and, and interacting and doing those kinds of things. Tell us about that. Um, I got started in the early 80s, uh, probably about 84, 85, something like that. Uh, I did not actually start with Dungeons and Dragons because uh, I ended up uh, being in a game store and they had a game that was in the back of the store and it was Avalon Hill actually put out a role-playing game for a while called Lords of Creation. That was my very first role-playing game. So it was conceptually way ahead of its time. Rule-wise, there's a reason it's not around anymore. Uh, but yeah, that got me hooked. And then when I got into high school, I played a bit more. And then when I got to college, I played probably too much. And then I haven't stopped since. How about you, Sean? Tell us, when did you get started with this? A similar story for me. I, I actually started in um, December of 1980. It was with uh, the old... Um, original boxed Dungeons and Dragons set and then I got the the new the new one uh, right after my birthday in January of 1981 which was the mold base set and um of course you know that, that immediately just kind of lit my world on fire and uh, I was sort of a sort of a quiet you know uh, kid that uh, now suddenly had this brand new world of of thinking uh, ahead of me and it it, it really did change a lot. I remember I was homesick and my mom was out at the store and picked up this small black box with three books in it about space. And she was like, I think he likes space stuff. So, and she brought home and it turns out that that was the original three books for Traveler. And so I started off on the very basics of that before I even got the D and D and everything like that. Yeah. Mine's mine's like, right. Right over there. Oh, excellent. <laughs> I have excellent, the, excellent. I have the three book Traveler too. Yeah. Um, so tell tell us first off, Sean, you've actually done taken this farther than Jeff or I've ever done because you actually turned this kind of into a career. So tell yeah, for a little while. So tell us about that idea of what's the difference in this in your mind between a career and a hobby because most people are looking <laughs> at this used to think oh we're role playing this is just a game you play this is a hobby and then over the last uh, six years or more this has really you know exploded onto the public scene and you were you were a small had a small portion portion of that where things were going so tell us about that what's the difference in your mind between the two well um 
Wow, that's a good question. I think for me, a lot of it just became, it, it was like role playing sort of became integrated into what I was doing because uh, I learned role playing games shaped me and who I am uh, from the very beginning. I think with everything from being able to speak to people to being able to lead small group conversations uh, to be able to uh, to organize, to put together uh, with my background as a, as a teacher and as a communicator and as a, as a management consultant and keynote speaker, you know, all these things, they all, they all go back to that fateful day in December of 1980 when I first picked up a role-playing game book and um, it's, 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 you know, it's hard, it's, it's hard to believe how, um, how different things could have been if, if I hadn't, you know, I may have just remained this shy little ADD kid, um, but that uh, it, it didn't. Some of the ways that I've, I've, I've done it professionally, uh, we've used it for team building, um, both corporate and also for like things like families and stuff. We've, we've run uh, uh, Dungeons and Dragons games and other games. At one point, I was working with another uh, another guy who works in leadership and management consulting. We were actually in the process of putting together um, uh, groups for kids uh, that would be basically sort of like an after school type thing. And we were even thinking of using some sort of like badges and things, almost like uh, Boy Scouts, uh, Girl Scouts. Um, and um, we, life just got busy and we, we never ended up following that through. But uh, we we put a whole lot of work into it, that's for sure. And I, somewhere I still have uh, several file folders full of notes and, and ideas and domains and things that we purchased. And maybe I'll pick that up again. Um, and then, of course, uh, certainly then I ended up designing and uh, running uh, escape rooms. So there were, that certainly became a... Uh, something that fed back from those from that experience too how about you jeff where 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 do you draw the line between hobby and professional well i think if you're getting paid for it i mean uh i've never been paid for any of that but which would be nice and you know but uh i mean if if you actually are, are running games or if you're writing material for it and doing that, then certainly I think that if you're getting paid for it, I think even if you start putting it up for free in places like uh, DMs Guild or stuff like that, because you can you know, make materials and put them up online. And then even if you have it for free, I think at that point you can say you're a professional because you're, you're writing, you're doing creative stuff and putting it up there for that. I think, yeah, I, I wonder, does it, do you think it counts for, because most people nowadays who, who have been introduced to role-playing seem to, it's either the high school thing, like the three of us all seem to have gotten into it that way, or you heard about it through, you know, a Netflix show or through online, you know, watching other people play and watching, you know, it, it kind of grew out of the whole esports idea which I think is a perfectly legitimate thing. I mean, people mm -hmm. watch baseball instead of playing baseball. So why not exactly. watch somebody play yeah. whatever video game instead of uh, critical role uh, if is one of the ones that everybody should, I think knows about. Um, they are really exploded in um, popularity. They're making some crazy, you know, 
six digit numbers in salary for that show thing now. Um, where do you think that, and here's where I, I especially for you, Jeff, because you're doing this as a hobby, as a fun thing. Where do things like that, like the, those big shows, those big expensive things, how does how do you think that impacts how people are viewing what you're doing? Like when you're talking to friends about, well, yeah, I'm, I'm running this game. What are their expectations of you now? Well, there there used to be much more of the, what do you do as a hobby? <laughs> thing? And, and then, you know, once 5e and critical role together, I think really did hit a critical mass for general knowledge of like everybody now, you know, pretty much knows, oh, D&D, that kind of, you know, that. And, you know, I watch Critical Role, but not pretty much, I think I've gotten a couple of people in my group to actually watch some of that. And, and now they're watching it, but none of them were watching it before. But like talking with people at work, they're much more aware of it now. They go, oh, it's like Critical Role. And actually I was talking with the coworker and said, oh, my daughter watches that. So she knows that, it's gotten much more into the zeitgeist than it ever had been before, where we we're just some weird little hobby and now we're mainstream pretty much. That's yeah, yeah. Kind of lucked out. Yeah. Go, Sean. Yeah, it's amazing. I used to I I remember going uh, you know, back in the days when I was a consultant and I wore a suit most of the time. Uh I had a little uh D twenty uh keychain that I had hanging on my briefcase. And I, I would I remember going to business expos and having uh, you know, people like bank executives and stuff like that looking at me going, Oh my gosh, do you play Dungeons and Dragons? I used to play that when I was a teenager. Wouldn't it be great? You know, and it's like, yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, then then at, and at that time it seemed, you know, really, you know, they almost kind of came up to you, you know, to 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 confess, you know, some some weird, you know, shameful thing, you know. But but um, uh, now nowadays it's like oh yeah I, I really want to do that sometime. I moved into a new house and you know people find out before too long that you're running a D and D game and it's like oh yeah I'd like to try that sometime oh yeah I'd like to try that sometime I'd like to do that. I've had 70, 80 year olds uh, say to me that they want to play Dungeons and Dragons with me sometime you know, uh, and it, it's 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 amazing it's. Um, the popularity. I mean, I was those kids on Stranger Things. You know, that that was me. That was my generation. That was I was I maybe was a little bit older than that, but um, and we played a little differently than they picture them on the on the TV show. But uh, but um, but yeah. And now here we are, and it's like it's suddenly it's a it's a cool thing. It's out in the open. Um, it, it's 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 neat. I like it. How about we've we've mentioned the words Dungeons and Dragons like several times so far. Some what are some of the other games? What are the, some of the other role or even non-games but role-playing things that you guys have done? Oh wow, yeah, you go ahead and answer that, Jeff. I'll I'll try to run it through my mind. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. Like other games I've played, uh, superhero games like uh, Champions and Mutants and Masterminds, where you're playing superheroes instead of like dungeon adventurers uh there is the hulk one called adventure under the white wolf system which is you're like 1920s 
you know, gangsters or pulp heroes and doing stuff. Uh, Traveler, which we mentioned earlier, is sci-fi stuff. There's there's a Star Trek role-playing game. There's a Star Wars role-playing game. Uh, actually, there's multiples of each of those. You yeah. Know, any any kind of idea you can have, somebody's made a role-playing game of it. Yep. However obscure that is, it's out there somewhere, and somebody plays it. And there was even one for the it. show Dallas there for a little while, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was at a convention and I ran the system that uses the stuffed animals, the bunnies and stuff like that, that I did. I had to learn that one on the fly as I was doing that with, I was in the kids room helping take care of people at a convention and doing that kind of thing. So yeah, no, there's, you guys are both right. There's a million different systems and ways it's, and, and that leads me to the question is, what do you think role playing is? that's different than follow this set of rules to do these things. Because Monopoly has that same thing. Nobody thinks of Monopoly as a game, as a role-playing game. I think it's putting yourself in the game. When you play Monopoly, you never go, I'm the shoe. You're moving <laughs> your piece around the board. I mean, you can play D&D that's sort of like that of, I move my guy in here and do that, but you're still, you're still gonna have moments when you go, I'm that guy busting in the door and, oh, there's monsters here. Ah, fight it and I find treasure and, oh, I'm dead and now I make a new character and move on. And I think it's the putting yourself in the game as opposed to playing it from overhead. Yeah, and I think there's there's an openness to role playing where, um, where you you know, the, the kind of the sky's the limit as to how, how you, how you work out the story and, and um, you know, people often start with, you know, what is a role-playing game? And I like to say, you know, you remember when you were a kid and you played cops and robbers and you'd point your finger at the next person or your piece of stick that you found on the street and you point it at the next person and you go, bang, bang, I shot you. And the kids, the other kid says, what? They say, no, you didn't. Well, role-playing games simply, you know, the rules for role-playing games simply give you some sort of, percentages or something that you can roll to see if yes in fact you did or no in fact you did not hit that person and it's it's sort of making taking that pretend uh, create your own story together type thing and gives it sort of a framework of some you know some serendipity uh some chance to it that uh, that, that kind of emulates life in a, in a in a very shallow way so that you have the experience of of uh doing some things that maybe you didn't do before i um yeah, it's it's you can do yeah, it with anything, and any game that, and any uh, uh, movie that you might have watched, we can pretend that we're in that one. You know, we can take on the aliens or or uh, take on the ice cream shop. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think one of the big differences is like computer role playing games. The problem is that you're always constrained by what the programmer thought the game, what you could do. In tabletop stuff, you can come up with any crazy idea. Maybe it'll work, maybe it won't, but you can think out. It's all about thinking outside the box and being able to go and say, here's a crazy idea. Why don't we convince them to join us rather than fight us? Or you, you can get into a lot broader options to get into to try to solve the problem. Because whatever you're trying to do, it's trying to solve a problem, get an objective, get a reward, keep repeating and keep playing. And that's, 
you know, being able to step around and do stuff that's anything you can think of could work. Yeah, it's very much a collaboration and cooperation, problem solving uh, idea. And it all depends, you know, if, if there's a game master that is running your particular role playing game, you know, what are the, you know, the different types of scenarios that they put in front of you and, and any other players, if there are some and together kind of working that thing out and, and maybe even having a character that you're playing through that you're trying to um, imagine that's different than you, you know, maybe it's someone that that's a lot more smarter than you are in person or a lot better looking or, or, or whatever. And you're able to, to, to kind of experience thinking through that. It's, it's the same as if, you know, for those who've ever done any acting or drama, uh, it, it's, it's the same sort of concepts, just, you know, you may not actually be physically acting it out. Sometimes people yeah, like if, to If you're that. good at improv, you, you'll be good at role-playing, yeah. Yeah, mm. absolutely. It's, it's very much a lot of improvisation. In fact, that's one of the, one of the chief skills that I, that I often list as the types of things you can take away from tabletop role-playing when I'm talking to parents about, you know, their kids doing it. Uh, improv is a lot more than just playing you know, in theater and drama. Improv is life. I mean, we're all all day long. We're having to make quick decisions about, you know, am I going to turn left here or right here or, or, or whatever. You know, it's um, it's a, it's another one of those fantastic. You, you bring up the idea of kids. So yeah. both both of you guys have kids. Or tell me, or do they play with you? Do they play? I mean, let's let's be clear. All kids do role playing, no matter what. Yeah. Uh, yes, they do. <laughs> But are they doing it in a more formal structure with you or are even if it's not by rules based, is it do you guys have or have you had that with the family or what goes on with that? How do you how did that for the parents out there who are like, wait a minute, I want my kid to be imaginative, but how do I get involved with this? Well, I mean, I, I play with my son. He's 10. Uh, we don't use any formal rules for stuff. It's mostly just the kids playing in collaborative storytelling uh, with like action figures and stuff. Uh, I do plan to get him into this more as he gets older, but I want it to be more him wanting to get into it than me like pushing on him to get into it. Come play with my hobby. I, you know, what does he want to do more than what I want to do is really what it comes down to. Yeah, I think my boys were for nine and 13 maybe when I introduced them to the hobby and of course now they're 21 and 26 so um, but uh, interestingly enough my my 21 year old is now a, a union commercial electrician and he gathers with his other construction guys uh, every other week and they all play D&D &D together so that, that's that's kind of cool my other son's in the navy and um, and serving uh, actually getting ready to be deployed and he, he still has elements of the hobby that he still, that he still enjoys. Not when I was in Marine Corps, we played. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He'll, he'll have a game. Yeah. You got to do something, you know, when you're out doing There's a lot of hours, when you're hurrying up to wait, you got to do yeah. something, you know, uh, I've got a yeah. little notebook that I have from back in the early eighties when I was on watch and I just had the script, got things bubbling in your mind. You got to scribble them down to do something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I 
as soon as my boys latched onto it, they absolutely loved it. And pretty soon I was meeting a lot of other dads who wanted to play with their kids. Maybe they played when they were young and never played since then. And there was for a while there, I was I was getting together regularly with my boys and, and other fathers and their kids. And we, we just had a blast. We have so many memories that we've created. And my boys and I still talk about and laugh about like they actually happened. I mean, those types of stories and because memories. Because it's real. It, it did happen. I mean, so yeah, this is yeah. the tradition of storytelling. Yeah, remember yeah. that time that yeah. you, you know, tried this and it worked and you, you know, somebody rolled this and we all cheered or we all fell out of our chairs or, or, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We're actually going to do a show just on storytelling uh, end of summer. Um, tell me about the idea of that as we were both just all three of us were saying the, the structure of it, how does that, how do you interact with that structure? And what would you suggest for someone who is trying to figure out what is a good structure for themselves? Because, and Sean, you mentioned earlier, you're applying that same structure to other things outside of strict role-playing games. So where do you think those things lead people to, or, or what would be a good source for people to look at? Uh, well, assuming by structure, you mean like, I guess like game mechanics type? Yeah, type yeah, things? game mechanic type stuff or, or things like that, yeah. To kind of like codify how are we playing? Not yeah, yeah. How do we determine when you point your finger at the yeah. guy whether or not you shot him or not? Um, there are literally, I don't know if anybody's ever cataloged it. There's probably thousands of different mechanics that have been created since 1974 um, when Dungeons and Dragons first came out. That uh, from something that's extremely, extremely simple and involves regular dice or funny looking dice to things that is like doing advanced algebra um, to figure out stuff. And um, I prefer the light, the lightweight stuff because I'm, I'm simple. I like to keep it simple. I, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to bog up the story with a bunch of flipping around through books, trying to get clarification on rules. But um I think I think in a sense they, they give some structure and they like I said they give that element of surprise and and challenge and uh, but um, they're not necessarily pe people get bogged down in them too and and they're more worried about the rules and and they they're afraid to play because they're afraid they don't know the rules and instead of just jumping in and saying hey let's let's play make believe together and I think that's a good place to start there. Yeah, how many people have you had throughout the years that you've taught how to do that to just have make believe? I don't have any idea. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> how about you, Jeff? Uh, I don't know if I've actually really taught many people. I think almost I know at least one person who has only started playing in my current campaign is just starting playing in her first time playing. Uh, but I think everybody else I've played with all have played they all knew the concept and they had played some games before uh so i guess i'm not a very good person for bringing people into the hobby but uh uh yeah. i remember jeff being very welcoming to just about everybody which is a key thing for role playing mm -hmm. is welcoming yeah. and different perspectives and oh, yeah. everything like that i remember you being super welcoming jeff so don't worry about that part of it but yeah i 
I mean, I, I have had people who I had to like, no, this is a dice. This, this is what a 20-sided dice looks like. They, they played for years with me without it because yeah. I do all mine online just typing in, typing in chat so you didn't have to worry about physical things in front of you. So, yeah. Yeah. See that green one? Roll it. Tell me what you yeah. got. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell me about what's the thing you're most proud of for in your role-playing experience? Can you think about for that? What what makes you what what springs to mind when you're just like you know I'm proud and happy of this. Maybe not necessarily a character thing, but but something that you're happy about that makes you feel good about role playing. I, I think just that I've been playing with the same group now since 1996. Oh, I'm jealous. That's the same group. Basically, there's a couple people have left, and there's a couple people who joined in, but that's the same group of rough group of people for that whole time. Uh, and I've run games for them for about half of that time. I think other people have run other games in it, but we would switch around in that. Uh, but yeah, that's, they're all good people. They're all people that I'm friends with. Uh, that's, you know, having the friendships out of that, I think is the, the best part of it. Yeah, I think for me, um, the things that I'm most proud of, the things that have that have brought me the most joy is is seeing people of all literally ages. I, I've run games with kids as young as eight. That at the same table, there may be someone that's in their sixties, and um, everybody just that just that happiness and joy that comes of, of people coming together whether it's on a regular basis or maybe with just a one-time or a two-time thing, uh, there's uh, there have been friendships that have been built that are immeasurable. And, and, and in the span of a couple hours sitting around a table, you, you've experienced something together that you never would have, you know, you, you, can, you could have sat and played Uno and that would have been fun too. But, but um, you've experienced some things that you never else, never would have otherwise because now your imagination has been working together with their imagination and together you've built these these visuals inside your mind or uh and um it, it's powerful i i i have absolutely you know zero regrets of, of bringing my my boys to some of these games and, and interacting with other adults and 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 learning how learning that adults are in some sense kids too but they also learned a lot of maturity in that in that time too it wasn't like it was all you know a bunch of you know you know like yeah, junior you high school jokes and you stuff. mentioned it earlier with the teamwork you know it's, yeah, it's the yeah. way of building teams yeah there, there's been a lot of uh, and you know education opportunities are just abundant you know mm. lots I, of reading actually, lots of math go jeff uh, I've, I've actually seen like jokes of people putting together like stuff to go on your resume that D D on there too because of team building problem Absolutely. solving group stuff all of that and it's true it's fun yeah. but it's true yeah absolutely yeah there's a it lot is. of management skills that can be learned from being a dungeon master a lot and you also learn how to do uh, lesson plans <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Pl planning is, a, is an important part of uh helping to run the game yeah um what is your one tool that you think everybody needs 
imagination. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you have the imagination, you can make something that'll work. Yeah. Yeah, and you what, can. What, you can have nothing sorry. but an imagination and a, a regular old six-sided die, and you can create worlds. Because we always ask this question about, dude, what's your favorite piece of gear? What, what's the one that that's where I want to go to now? So we know you can do this with almost nothing. Just being able to talk, type away, you can role play and you can create. What's your top of the line? What's your most wanted, coolest, best piece of tech or device or whatever it is that will help you be better, make a better role player, help you run a game better, et cetera? What, what would be out there that would push that limit for you? For me, it's not tech. I mean, well, I mean, other than the fact that I use my iPad to uh, to now read some of the books instead of using the hard copies because I can now do that little pinch thing and make it readable because, you know, I'm going on 54 uh-huh. and, you know, it's not what it used to be. Um, but other, I, I don't, it's, to me, it's low tech or no tech for the most part. Um, my biggest thing I can I, I, I'm proud of is my my dice that are made out of metal. They clunk 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 when you roll them, but you know I, that's about it really for me. Yeah, I don't know that there's much. I mean, the two pieces of tech I use regularly is the virtual tabletop software I'm using, and D and D Beyond for the character sheets and the rules and all of that stuff. I've invested in that, so I have the digital copies. The character the players have the characters in there. They have access to the full set of rules. That that just because you know since COVID we stopped playing locally and have gone to all online, and actually brought a player in who had moved away back into the game. Right. So we're going to stay remote, and I think actually with that that helps some of the immersion with the the maps and the digital stuff you can do with some of that stuff, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, it's very cool. Yeah. You don't need it, but because you can just sit around and just describe stuff to people and they can play. But for some of it, having that on the screen that they can look at and see, oh, I can't, I can't see around the corner. I can only see this far before it blacks out. And I don't know what's beyond that and is good for the immersion in there. I've done virtual tabletop on my game for since 2003 is when we started using doing that just here for that. Yeah, I, I've played it, but I, I've been intimidated to run games that way. I actually only use, because I think on the, the VTTs, you can go and put all the characters data in and have to re-enter it. I didn't want to do that. I actually just use it for the screen and move the characters around. We don't do any of the roles in there. They actually can just roll their dice or roll it on D&D Beyond or whatever and do that. Yeah. But uh, there's actually even simpler uh, virtual tabletops. You don't even have to make an account. You can just go there and draw stuff on it and then open it up and point it to other people. Uh, there's a number of them that are like very simple, like almost just like the 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 wet erase marker pad that you can use to draw stuff right here. On yeah, I can just digital. open up a whiteboard right here and we can start playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got my dice right behind me. Here. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what this is all about. Um, so, 
and that that leads me to that whole you know idea of your ultimate equipment and i we've talked about it on other shows about you know virtual reality and augmented reality and all those sorts of things do you think that adding that technology or talk about what you guys both see as the benefits and the negatives of having that technology melded to your imagination kind of thing. You started it on it, Jeff. I think you have something else to say. I, I, I think with the, the VR and stuff like, you know, end game hollow deck kind of stuff mm-hmm. is I think good and bad. Cause I think part of it is the imagination of being able to do stuff that you can't do. You know, being more charismatic, being smarter, being more physically tough or stronger, you can do when you're at the abs- you're abstracted a little away. If it's actually you moving around and doing it, if you can't actually do that, that, that part of the simulation will just fail because you can't do it. Uh, so I, I, I think, and I think that's getting closer to then becoming like the pre-scripted video game stuff as opposed to the more free form that you can get with the, I, I think that there's a there's a point where it go it flips from being helpful to hindrance, but I'm not sure exactly where that is. Yeah, I, I think that the technology and stuff is it, it, there's some there's some amazingly cool things that you can do with it, and and the, and the way that it can just um, the way that it can illustrate you know where your story is going and visualize a lot of that stuff so that you can communicate. With visually and not just you know audibly, um, uh, I, you know I, I've run some games during the pandemic, and and the beauty of that was and we used just something like simple as like Google Meet or um, uh, Zoom, and it was just basically like we are now, just a, a couple of heads on a screen, and we talked, and maybe we maybe I'd put a picture up on the on the screen where they could see a, a visual. But for the most part, you know, we we rolled our dice on our on our table and we trusted each other to, you know, go ahead and lie if you want to. But we're still going to have fun regardless. Um, uh, but uh, now that the now that you know we, we started meeting again uh, locally, um, a number of people. I I, I do love there being a, a tech free aspect to that where we can sit around the table and not be looking at our devices and our phones and our, you know, I, I, I um, you know, I ask people to turn their, turn their ringers off and things like that and not to be distracted by Facebook and all that kind of stuff. It's, and it's difficult. It, it's hard for a lot of people to be disconnected, but I think when they really start getting involved in it, it, um, they can see, wow, you know, that was really cool. And I didn't look at my phone once. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm I'm the exact opposite. Where I I only I don't have anyone in my current game that's even in the same state right now. Yeah, yeah, and that's, they're, they're and that's just remarkable. But yeah, I have friends all over the cotton picking world that I play games with. That you know that I love like like near brothers, and I, I've never actually physically met many of them. And it's 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 just amazing, it, you know the stories we share. And along those lines there, tell me, where do you two think someone could have helped you get started with this along the lines of, you know, because you've both had a lot of different people that you've played with in that. 
what who what looking back on how you got started what would that what would you have wanted now that you know more what what could somebody have done to help you out back then hmm and like for for myself as i mentioned i mean it was my mother just kind of like well i know he likes reading science fiction books so i think he might want this i don't know so yeah. somebody who, she just took the chance on it and said here you know you're you're homesick for 3 days here try this I, well, I, I guess I have to say for me that back when I it wasn't too long after I got started that the, that the so-called satanic panic started oh. and suddenly Dungeons and Dragons became the kind of thing that suddenly you felt like you had to be afraid of uh, and other role playing games. People just lumped all that stuff into into big giant categories that they didn't really understand the media overhyped. Suddenly there were things being blamed for Dungeons, just like the Stranger Things. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of what they're playing off of. Um, and, you know, now I look at it as an adult, you know, and I think, wow, it's it's amazing that things went that far. But it did. And, 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 and I wish instead it would have been nice to have been encouraged in all the ways. I don't even think we understood then how much the tabletop role playing was going to uh, have so many different types of teachable moments in it where we could learn the type of skills that we were learning and i would have loved to have been able to had that fostered as as a young kid playing those games instead of feeling like you had to like like you were ashamed that you were some sort of um you know outcast and I now look at us now all of a sudden we're the cool kids on the block you know yeah there you go how about you jeff thinking back uh, to the dark past i think it's really just finding people who are like Hey, I'm playing. You want to play, or you know, hey, we we don't know how to do this, but let's all get together and give it a try. And with you know, there's so so much of the stuff out there now. You can get started with like free stuff. I mean, D and D, you can get download a, a free PDF of it and start playing, and that's enough to get you started to know if you like it. And mm -hmm. even though people always complain. Oh, these books are so expensive. They're for how much time you spend with them playing. They're really cheap. If you put time in, they pay for themselves quickly. And it's less than a movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think with stuff like if you're trying to figure out what, you know, what do I want to play or what is this and how to do that with like the streaming and just being able to, to watch somebody play, I think really makes that a lot easier to get people understanding what it is, then I think a lot of times in the past, it was a lot harder to describe. You can describe it, but if you don't see it, it's hard to really describe it well to what it actually is. But now you can point it like it's critical role. No one's going to be as pretty, but they're going to be, you know, it's going to be those something like that or other other games out there that are streamed and stuff. So. You guys have hit all my questions. It's awesome. Thank you. Because um, <laughs> I'm looking at my list of things here. I was like, oh, wait, no, they already said that. Oh, no, they already talked about that one. Um, about that, where, you, where you're going with that idea of being inviting in. I, I know, you know I, I am very happy with the idea that I've had ch a chance to introduce this to people who don't like role playing. They've yeah. come in, they've tried it, and they've gone, no, I just don't like this. And I'm like, great. You tried it. That that that's what it's all about. Is you know, don't be afraid to try new things and explore, 
And, you know, maybe you don't like Bob. Maybe you don't like how I do a thing, but Sean might run a game that you would, you'd be interested in. And Jeff does something totally different with his platform or whatever and, and that kind of stuff. So I think that's one of the, the things that people miss about role-playing from the outside that it's not one monolithic piece, even though we've said D and D a million times here, if if you're really into James Bond, there's this really cool James Bond role-playing game. Yeah. There's some really cool stuff like that. Yeah. There's out there Uh, dream park. If the old novel from the nineties, where it takes the D and D idea out to the AR VR kind of thing. Um, of showing that that kind of it was like pre Jurassic Park kind of type movie. Um, where what is the associated creativity that you feel you should have or could have to bring into role playing? Because this is one of those hobbies that you pick up. I just. Sean was casually mentioning about learning and doing these things. And I was like, yeah. And then you have to go learn math and you have to go, (laughs) have to go learn some reading and you have to go do this. What are the things that you think are good to bring in as an outside thing? I think again, it's just that imagination and storytelling. Mm -hmm. Um, There's, and that's really where it starts and it almost stops to a point because the mechanics and the and the structure of the games, you, you can go either way with them. You, you know, the pendulum can swing to something extremely simplistic. You could play a role-playing game and you could flip a quarter at every decision. And it's a 50% chance of whether you'd succeed or not succeed. Um, or you could have some of these some of these games that have multi multi-volume rule sets. One volume just being on combat, and the other volume being on creating a character, and and people love that, and that's great. You know, you can't you can't say you've tried role playing game if you've tried one. It's it's like going. It's like I went to a restaurant once and it sucked. I'm never going to a restaurant again. You know, um, there's just there's just way too wide of a of a of a offering out there yeah although i don't remember what the question was tell us jeff what do you think with well yeah there's more than one role-playing game but one of them is way way bigger and much more popular than all the other ones uh so probably learn D D and then try some of the other ones because you'll always find people who know D&D. That's, you know, that's going to probably be the easiest thing to get to. It's the easiest to describe to people who aren't in the hobby. What do you play? I play D&D. Even if you're not even playing D&D, you say I play yeah. D&D. Yeah, it's uh, almost like a, it's become the generic term for role-playing yeah. games in, in many in many settings, yeah. How about, yeah. Um, what other skills have you guys developed outside of it? And I'm thinking... Not what we already talked about with like, you know, problem solving and that, but what's that possibly odd skill that you learned or odd bit of knowledge that you had to go track down because you were so into the role playing and had to go learn something or to go to learn that or whatever. What is it, the side hobby that you've now picked up on because of role playing? I've done some uh, 3D modeling of stuff. Uh, 
playing with a software called Blender. It's a free 3D software uh, to make part of a map for something because I wanted to make it make it look good and 3D with shadows and stuff. And I, I played with that for it. Uh, I actually did some research into physics uh, for there was big columns that were opening a, that were a, a gate to another dimension and the party where they were going to try to pull one over and from how I described it could they actually pull it over and I had to figure out how could they actually do that turns out they could if they had a lot more horses and a lot more rope than <laughs> they actually did but they would have been able to with with enough stuff but yeah that's how about you, Sean? Uh, Did you get into metalworking? Did you start building your own swords? No, <laughs> no, um, no. I, I think I think. Uh, well, I've I've done I've I've learned some bookbinding. I guess I could. I've learned a little bit about that. Um, uh, there's a lot of role-playing game accessories and stuff that you can buy in, in PDF format that are easily printed into booklet form, and so. I did a lot of that for for a while because it was it was really enjoyable and kind of cathartic and um uh my my oldest son he really enjoyed the painting aspects where he would paint the different miniatures and things like that in fact he, he continues to doing that to this day he um i don't know how we had over you could thousands, show just thousands of miniatures yeah, yeah and and um he, uh, he he now has like the, the entire fleets of 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 ships. Like he has the entire Japanese fleet, uh, and the uh, he's working on building the American fleet for all the different ships, and very, very small ones, of course. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You can only have so much room, but but that's you know that's something that he picked up because of the hobby, and he you know he he enjoys it. So I'd lo I'd love to get into doing some some three D modeling, uh, at, at some. Uh, you know, creating my own miniatures or plastic things or whatever, but life is That's busy. I learned a bunch of my computer programming just from trying to figure out how to build something for my game, whether it was web design, whether it's XML, whether it was, I need to, I need to learn how to recode in the yeah. VTT platform that I'm using. The owner left it as Ghostware 10 years ago, and I'm still using it. So I better figure out how I'm going to actually make this work. Yeah. Now, now that you mentioned that, back in the 80s, we were we were uh, trying to recreate a lot of our role-playing games and using uh, writing in BASIC, um, you know, on our TRS-80s, um, our Texas Instrument computers, trying to figure out how we could uh, make our, our games better with, you know, using BASIC programming. So, yeah. I had forgotten about that. So, yeah, the computers are just all part of our lives anymore. It just feels like that. One final question for you guys is where do you think this kind of hobby is going towards the future? Because I don't think anybody in the 80s or even early 90s thought it was going to be at this level of just societal acceptance and part of. I mean, like you said, I mean, critical role people are out there making little mini TV series now at this kind of thing. Where do you guys think the next sort of ideas for that will be? What could you picture it would be? Because I know my my one thought is I want I just need the 
that universal translator because I've got friends I that I'd love to be able to play with, but yeah. you know it's I can't explain it, and I do not speak Spanish. I'm sorry. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think virtual reality is probably the you know uh, is up and coming and an existing technology that's that's going to uh, involve a lot more. I think in the in the role playing aspect. Um, I don't see it going away anytime soon. I think with with virtual tabletops and um, and, and things that are coming into play now, I, and I and I honestly think that that board games and 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 literal physical tabletop board games, uh, role playing games, I think you know they're they're making a very happy uh, comeback too. And and to me, that's that's a very exciting thing. It's good because I love seeing people come together to have fun. Um, so, so yeah, it's, I can't wait to see what's, you know, what's, what's coming up in the, in the, in the, uh, future years. What are you going to be building, Jeff? What's your son going to be using? Uh, my, my guess would probably be like combination of the physical here. I'm playing with friends or here's an online, you know, with the VR and go, but have your tabletop and do stuff with that. I, I can certainly see that as a uh, something that would be feasible and would be fun and people would do. Yeah, I, th I think it's going to be an interesting. I don't see us stopping. I, I've no. been. We've all been running our games for how many over many decades. So yeah, there's no reason. I, my wife has said, "Well, how?" I'm like, this. I was doing this before I met you. I'll be doing this long after. Yeah, yeah. This is just what we do. This, this is part yeah. of who we are. Yeah, I've actually been thinking about taking it into uh, assisted living homes and yeah, and finding people there that are looking for things to do and start to run games and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, using it for, um, we've used it here in the library a couple of times for doing different types of programs and, and setting mm -hmm. up the teens, um, just to get them started and then let them run off on their own. It, that was one of the, the, the fun things of 20 years ago when I was doing this. Um, they were like, well, how do we get these kids? They're not just playing games on a computer. And I'm like, you know, I've got this idea. Maybe we could like take that EverQuest thing that they're all playing and we, you know, if we just took some paper and pencils and maybe some dice to, to, to do these things, and maybe we could convince the kids to get off the computer and we could go play this stuff. And the librarians are all like, oh, my God, that's a brilliant idea. How would you come up with that? And I'm like, don't worry about it. <laughs> Thank you both very much for being here with us. Let me throw up our final slide here. It's been a really fun little talk here. I hope oh, yeah. we geeked out just the right amount for everybody without freaking anybody out about this. If you need to get in touch with anybody from the show, creationstation at Broward.org comes right to me. And we'll see you next month to talk about this again. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.